Thank you. You know, I think I've grown old when I look at myself there, and now I'm very different. And this man has not changed at all. <laughs> He's still the same. Yeah, still the same. It's a joy to be here this morning. It's always a joy to come here and, uh, and meet you. I really thank God for all that God is doing through your lives. Yeah? Uh, I've been seeing your children. You know, when I first came here, some of the people who have children were very, very young, were very tiny. Now they have children. You know, God has done a lot, a lot in your lives. Eh? Uh, so it's a joy to come and uh, see the growth, you know, biological growth, spiritual growth. You know, God is doing mighty stuff in, you, in your lives. And sometimes it's very hard to know what God is doing. It's people who come and see, and maybe can tell you, this is what God is doing. Mm. Yeah? So, yes, I bring greetings from Uganda, from my family. Uh, they send greetings to you. I spoke to my wife this morning. Uh, she sends greetings to you. Uh, the churches I work with, they send greetings to you. Yeah, so they love you. Those of you who have visited and those of you who have not visited because possibly you, you threatened that we can eat you up and things like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we thank God. We thank God. Uh, I have a message I want to share with you. And um, yes, I will see how we move on. Let us pray together and uh, I share this short message with us. And then we can, uh, we can move on. But I pray that you open your hearts to God. You know, every time we gather, God listens. God hears our prayers. And God knows your needs individually. Did you know that? God knows all our needs. Leaving aside the needs, God knows each one of us by name. And God has a plan for each one of us. Do you believe that? Yeah? He has a plan for each one of us. Some of you, how many, anybody here who was a Catholic before? A Catholic, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you're Catholics, okay. Catholics don't believe that. They, they believe there are some people who are chosen, some people who are very close to God, some people who are near God, some people who are far away from the Lord. And that's why they have purgatory. So those who are not serious sinners, can go to purgatory and Mary can help them in heaven. She does it on Saturdays, no other days. They believe so. But you know, when you believe in Jesus, you discover you're number one before God. You're very, very important before God. So let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you that you're here with us because your word says so. You say in your word that where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. Lord, I pray that you'll be in our midst this afternoon, this morning, O oh Lord. That we will hear from you individually. We will go back charged up, different, ready to serve your purposes in our time. Lord, I pray that you will reveal yourself to us in a fresh way, in a new way, Lord. That we will never, never remain the same. We thank you uh, and we bless you. We pray, Father, that uh, the word I'm about to share, you anoint it and uh, it will enter our hearts and minds and transform us, O oh Lord. I thank you 
And I bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, I've just, uh, last year we made 30 years of ministry. So we're now looking to God for the next 30 years. We, we're really stretching ourselves and we are saying these 30 years now, God is giving us, for me, I'm really preparing other leaders to come on board that we can be released to move further to different nations because we believe we are here for a purpose. Yeah? We believe we are not here to eat and drink and uh, sleep and do whatever we want. No, we are here for a divine reason. Yeah? So, so, so that's what we want to do. That's what we are doing. And um, we really pray that uh, God will use us. God will be willing to use us. God will, whatever, that we shall hear what he says every time he's speaking to us because that's very tricky. It's very, very hard to know when God is speaking or when he's not speaking. Because, you know, sometimes you can't even say, are you, Lord, are you the one speaking or this is the enemy? Especially when it is tough. The things God speaks to us that are sometimes tough. And you don't want to leave that. Or you don't want to do what he wants you to do. So, so that is our journey. That's where we are at. 30 years down the road, we've seen... We've gone through valleys, we've seen climbed hills, we've seen, we've seen mighty things, and also we've seen tough things. But God has been good. Amidst all that, God has been good. Yeah? I want you to turn with me in the book of Luke, chapter, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2, I want us to read from verses uh, 41. To verses 50. It's a story. It's a story of uh, Mary and Joseph. You know, the Bible is full of stories. The Bible is full of stories, and we can learn from the stories. They, uh, they, they build us, yeah? They build our faith. In the first service, I shared with us uh, of men and women in scripture, oh, sorry, over the years, not in the Bible, because they were here after the Bible was written. The men and women God used powerfully. And uh, I have a sense in my spirit that uh, every, every generation God has people to use. And uh, I believe that in our time as well, we can see God move powerfully. And if it was possible to write, possibly people will write about us as well. Yeah? How many believe God can, uh, can use them in our time? Let me see your hands. God can use you in our time. I've not seen the hands of my brothers and sisters who have this skin. There is a brother here who wants a skin like this one. And he's told me he wants to come home. And then they do plastic surgery. They give him a dark skin. And someone takes a white skin. There are people in Africa who want a white skin. So maybe he will get exchange, yeah? And things will be good, yeah? So I surely believe that every one of us has a mission. And God has given us responsibility, and possibly that's why you and I are still alive. Yeah? I was thinking, you know, these days, have you had companies which have big names? 
Can you tell me one? A company that has a big name and well-known, you say that name, everybody knows the company. McDonald's. Exactly. But you know what? Those big names, there is a day they cease. And it's no more. Like now, you say that, I think in Russia they've closed. They've gone. But the name of Jesus stays. Whether you're persecuting believers, whether you're doing what, the name of Jesus still stands. Possibly before I, I read here, let me read, let me read for you some few. Those who are in the first service, like here you heard about it. I hope you not be bored. But uh, those who've just come in will possibly receive. There's something to empower you, to encourage you, to cause you know that you can be like this man. That God can use you like he used this man. There is a verse I read Macharia uh, in, uh, in the book of... Uh, Book of James, chapter 5. Can we open there quickly? Uh, James, chapter 5, and verses, uh, verses 17. And uh, it reads, verses 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half, three, three years and six months. I like the way James brings this. Elijah was a man like you and me. So he's not a man who fell from heaven like that. No, he's a man like you. But God used him. If God could use Elijah, can't he use you? And you know, he made some messes especially when he had killed 850 prophets. Do you know what he did? Jezebel told him, you, you're dying, you're dying any time. And you know what he did? He ran away. He forgot that God who used him will be the God who will protect him. So he was a man like us. And if you can stretch your face and trust God, God can use you as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me read these, few, these people. There is a man by the name of G, Charles G. Finney. Uh, you know, you have heard of these people. They are no longer alive. They lived in this world. And this is what they did. He was a man with massive fire. His appearance caused 200 souls to weep without a sermon. He rode on a horse through a city and people went down crying for salvation. So there's a girl, young lady was talking about prayer or preaching around. You know what? Do you know you can do that? Just God can set you on fire. And wherever you go, somebody says, please pray for me. How many would love to see that happen? Yeah? Yeah, that's exciting. Another one was William Joseph Smear, and this is what he did. He was an American evangelist, a leader of the Azusa Street Revival, a man with a ragged tongue of fire. In his days, the fire of the Lord came down physically to demonstrate the ancient realities. Yeah? So what happened in the past happened in his day. Amen. I, you know, I have a longing in my spirit. Maybe I will have it. I will see it happen. Of seeing God at work 
in a powerful way with less effort. I mean, with less work where you have to work hard. No, no, no. Just believe in God and God does a lot, yeah? Yeah, there's another one called, uh, maybe, a, yes, John G. Lake. He was a Canadian-American and the leader of the, in the Pentecostal movement. He was a man with, with tongues of fire. He healed the sick to the point that they arrested him for practicing medicine without medical license. Praise God. Yes? He was able to do that, just obeying God, and he goes ahead and does it. I think I was in Norwich recently, and somebody told me, this man, God spoke to him, and he went. Uh, and God told him to punch a man in front of him. I don't know whether God, if God told me I would do that, I don't think I would do I don't know what I would do. And you know, he punched him, and in a minute, the man started, blood started coming out of this man. And uh, he asked him, why is this? He said, they had diagnosed him with cancer, bowel cancer, and the whole thing disappeared after punching him. They were good at things, completely different from the way we would do things. God wants you and I to obey him. Let me jump because of time and go to John Wesley. You know him very well. He preached after they drove him from the city and he went to his father's grave and used it as a pulpit. 700 people came to listen to him. Journalists inquired from him what is his secret. He said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burning. Hallelujah. You know, you can set yourself on fire. Don't, don't go and get a matchbox and do that. You know, allow God to come, and God will do it. Yes? God will do it. Look at another one. Is an African. Maybe you'll be happy to hear this one. Uh, that God uses everybody. Everybody. Yes? Uh, this man is Archbishop Benson Dahosa. He passed on. But uh, he was so anointed by his word, he canceled the meeting of witch doctors in the whole world that was to be hosted in Nigeria. And rang the president, said, no way, we don't want this meeting. And the president canceled the meeting. That is an anointing that comes from God. Yeah, another one from Africa again, Joseph Ayo. Babalola walked with God to the extent that when ministering he was suspended in the air and diverse healing and incredible miracles were recorded that day. These men, these women are like you. My sermon, my sermon this morning, this afternoon is three days without Jesus. Yes? That's a, that's a theme of what I want to share with us. Three days without Jesus. You know very well, these ones were at least had three days without Jesus. But some of us, months without Jesus. Or years without Jesus. And I'm not meaning people who don't know God. I'm talking about believers. There are times when we use a lot of our intellect 
and we miss Jesus. Yes? God wants us to follow him, to obey him, and then he can do what we cannot do when we obey him. So let us go through this, 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 uh, these few verses, and then we can, uh, we can, uh, we can finish it quickly. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. The boy Jesus amazes scholars. That's a th- that, that the heading of this. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of, of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, he went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to be uh, to have been with in the company, they went a, day, a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did, did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking for him. Now so it was that three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought anxiously. Have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why have you why have why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Yeah? I imagine this is something that possibly would ring a bell in our mind sometimes. The question I have with this, this text we have just read is, you know, Mary, Mary had heard about Jesus. You know, before she conceived Jesus, she, you know, she got a message from the angel of the Lord. Yes? And the angel of the Lord visited her. She was in courtship with Joseph. And uh, the angel said, you're about to conceive. And they had a good talk. And uh, you can imagine Mary would have kept this into her heart because she had known it. Yeah? It went to the level that even the, hus- the husband-to-be saw her pregnant and he decided, I'm going to stop this relationship because this lady has seen, you know. And also Joseph met the angel of the Lord. And the angel said, don't worry, Joseph. This is not from any man in Jerusalem. This is my word, of course. Yes? Uh, it's from, uh, it's, it's, it's God. God is in it. Go ahead and marry, marry Mary, you know. And they all knew about it. But when Jesus is born, and of course, you know, when Jesus was born, the whole world, you know, the angel, the angels, the shepherds came to see Jesus as a baby. You know, the wise men came to see Jesus as a baby. A lot of things happened when Jesus was born that is not common to all of us when we give birth. Not so. Did you see an angel? Did the shepherds come when you conceived? You see, we did not. But Jesus 
wise men came. The king Herod knew, heard about it and was shaken and wanted even to kill him at a young age. But you know, it's very interesting how we forget these things. Very interesting. So I want to liken this story to us as believers. Because there are many times we do things our way without actually thinking about it. And we think this is God's way. There are times when we get used to things of God. You know, we get used to things of God. When each one of us has verses people have given you which don't resonate with your thinking sometimes. And, you know, we have good verses we can give each other. But those verses, unless they touch you, unless they change something within your heart, they may not mean a lot to you. Yeah? So, I, I, I think we can as well say, oh, I know, I can, sometimes I like, I'm like Mary. Sometimes I'm like Joseph. And you know, when, when things are not going on well as believers sometimes, because there are times when things are not going on well with us. And uh, you begin grumbling and asking and saying, what have I done, oh God? I was singing the other day in the, in the worship team. I was preaching the other day. I told you, you know, I lost my wife in 2016, my first wife. And you know what? When she was ill, I, it never crossed my mind that she would die. And I imagine people were seeing her as somebody waiting for a day to come. But it never crossed my mind. And I had prayed. I mean, you've seen me. They interviewed me. They are talking about what a great man. But I reached where it was tough. And when she died, I questioned God. I was saved by sabbatical leave I went to. I went for sabbatical leave and I just lay on the floor for many, many days, sobbing, tears, asking questions, until God spoke to me, until God lifted me up again. So there are times when, when you think you are very close, and you're not. Or when God is close to you and you don't even notice. Those times are there. Yeah? Anybody who can say that? that I've seen that happen to me as well? Yeah. Yes. So those times are there. But there's something that I want us to get from here, from this. I, I was sharing with the first service team. And remember, you've done so well. Built, bought this building. You have uh, finished it in a very short time possible. But actually, God has been with you. You've been walking with God been working with God to see this accomplished. And now there is a question you should be asking yourself. What next, O oh Lord? Because the building is here. The next is to go on the street. The next is to listen to the Lord. So that we don't follow the routine. We have the church. We have our prayer meetings down. We have this, we have that. To listen to the Lord and we do what God calls us to do. Maybe some of us, God may say, go abroad, plant churches, go here, do that. Because there is a reason as to why you're here. You're not going to say, oh, we built a church. And you tell people, oh, we have built a church. It was actually a building which was very, very old, it was built this time around, and we built it, we finished, we even put in a lift 
It has everything in it. You can't talk about that every now and then. I cannot talk about what we have done 30 years ago. I need to have something new to share. Because the, the previous story is good, but you cannot live on it. You, you, you have to move. You have to move on. So I have written here about six points. Following routine does not mean that Jesus is with you. Routine. Routine in church. Oh, today is Sunday. We go. Seventh-day Adventists, they know the Sabbath. Some of them don't even do anything on that day because of the Sabbath. That's routine. What if God is saying, go and pray for someone? What if God is saying, go and help somebody's car is stuck? He cannot move. What are you going to do? Routine may not be, may not say that uh, God is with you. Joseph and Mary had this routine of going to Jerusalem every year to celebrate the Passover feast, something that happened many years before when they were still in Egypt. Remember that? When the angel of death passed and God had, the angel had told them, please, all of you, put blood on your doors. When I come and I see blood, I will pass by. And when they saw, the, and they did that, it was a secret. The, the, the Egyptians did not know. And wherever the, there was blood, the angel that was destroying passed by. And they rem- even up to this day, they remember the Passover. You get that? But it can be a routine. I was saying earlier, the sitting arrangement. I mean, you, the ladies know in your homes, you, if, if somebody came to your house and put your seats in another way, when you come and you look at it, you change without asking. It could be the angels changing the seats. The angel has come in your house and changed the seats, and because you're not aware, but that's not the way you want the seats to be. You put the way you want it. Routine. It can't be dangerous. If I don't listen, if I don't hear, and I follow routine, I'm the one preaching today, I'm the one leading service today, that is all good. But what is God saying? I remember one time, I don't know whether I will not take your time so much, I was preaching. Jim spent many years with, I mean, many months with us at home. I was preaching, I was going to preach that morning, and I had an argument with my wife on Sunday morning. Have you heard that? I know what happened. I knew she was wrong. You know how sometimes you know your, your wife is wrong? And you know how you know you are, your wife also thinks you are the one wrong? I had no time to resolve this. I had to quickly go to church. And because I'm the pastor, I have to be there. I have to be good. I have to do everything I should do as a pastor. And when I sat in the seats, I put that in my book if you want. You can actually, you'll find it there. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me and told me, I'm not going to go with you in the pulpit. And you know what? He told me when they were about calling me to the pulpit. It was about like possibly 10 minutes to go to preach. And I said, Holy Spirit, I I can't go home. 
Even if I went, I may find when she has come and we bypass each other. Have you ever preached when you are not yourself? And you are sweating when it is even raining? And it's cold, you're sweating. Why? Because there's something here that is not put right. But God is good. My wife quickly came in those five, ten minutes, sat next to me with a note and said, I'm so sorry. And I quickly scrubbed something as well. Please forgive me. I had a very wonderful, we had a very wonderful service. Why? Because the heart was clear. Yeah? So routine does not mean God is. So sometimes whatever God tells you to do, do it. It may be even to go out and sit there in that space, yeah? And sing. Or someone shares a testimony. I told people in the first service, I've never done that ever since. I did it, I've done it twice. One to all the church believers, another time with the leaders of the church. I was walking to church. Jim knows the church we had. It was really, you know, a terrible place, which was not right, not good at all. But the Lord was there. And I was walking to church, and the Holy Spirit whispered me and told me, go back, get a container of water, get a, get a, a towel, get a soap, and wash people's feet. I went back. I picked a container of water, I picked a soap, I picked a towel, and uh, I took them. Good. My wife was good. She would say, no, you can go, go ahead. And when that Saturday we did not preach, no preacher was there. Because everybody I washed their feet was slain in the spirit. And they were singing, they were enjoying the Lord, the whole service. So routine, number two. It is possible to walk on this journey of salvation thinking that Jesus is with you, yet he's not. Mary and Joseph walked, and they thought Jesus was. And they found he was not. And they had to come back to look for him. Possibly they had their closest friends they were working with. And they knew Jesus being 12 years of age. She's with other 12 years of age, young boys and girls. She's working with them. And they forgot. Jesus is on a mission. Even at 12 years, he did not behave like other 12 years we have. Yeah? Yeah? So I hope all of you have children, you understand what I'm, I'm saying. So, yes, they found out he's not with them. Verse 47, you can see that. He's not with them. Number three, being in a large crowd does not mean that he is there. He mentioned about that. Being with so many people. You know, even when you are as you are here and the message is going on, listen for yourself. God may tell you something for you that is different from his and different from hers. Even when you are married, you have your own issues. And every time as we move and we are close to the Lord, God keeps on... Have you ever seen a fish with scales? Because your fish is already done, so you don't even know that your fish has scales. Anybody has ever seen with scale, I mean, a fish with scales on? Apart from the Africans. 
here your fish has no head and has no scales and has no intestines, it has no nothing. Because they will have removed all that. But in, for us, when you buy a fish, unless you ask them to do it for you, you, you have to remove the scales first. So that's what some people will do in the future. Yeah? So every time we are before God, he removes the scales. And then that tomorrow, when he sends you, you're ready to move forward. Yeah. So they discovered he was not with them after three days. When they returned, they returned to Jerusalem and they found Jesus. There's a verse here I want us to want to read for us, which is in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3. And it reads, Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3, it reads, Therefore says to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear to heed me, says the Lord. So when we turn to the Lord, God receives us. God is a good father. Much better than us. Yeah? He receives us when we return to him. I, I, have, I have grandchildren and I have one who's, I mean, they're all beautiful, very good. Uh, and one the other day said, you know, in Africa, Grandfather, they call them Jaja. I don't know how they call a, grand, a grandparent in your country, but they call Jaja. She said, "No, Jaja, now you are my son." And she's seven years of age, and she came and held me. We are having a meal, and she held my cheek like this. Open your mouth, and she would feed me, and she would do this. Oh no, Jaja, behave well. You know, you feel like a child. God is a good father. You return to him and he returns to you. Actually, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for us to come to him that we may enjoy him, that we may walk with him, that we may, we may, we may enjoy him. Ministry is about enjoying God. It's not about being up there. It's about knowing that you're in the perfect will of God, that whatever you're doing, God is leading. Yeah? Yes. And Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And you will seek me and find me when you search with all your heart. Do you know, beloved friends, searching God with all your heart you can never miss God. We can't. I told you I was a Catholic, and I used to think people who are, who are close to God are possibly the bishops, the cardinals, the priests, because I was going to become a priest. 
priests are far away from the Lord. But the day I found Jesus, I know I'm number one. Whether you allow it or not, I am. And you are. And we are. Amen? Amen. Yes. So it's important. It's important to, to return to the Lord. Good thing with Mary and, and Joseph, they did not stay there. They said, no, we have to go and look for Jesus. And when they came, they found him. Number five, I will finish quickly. When things do not work as we want, many times we grumble and we become angry. Instead of stopping and checking ourselves, Mary told her son Jesus, said, your father and I have been looking for you. Do you realize it has taken us a long time to find you? And, uh, and the son says, don't you know I should be in my father's business? Don't you know I should be in my father's business? But sometimes when we have not found Jesus, instead of quarreling with him, instead of being, beginning to grumble around with everybody around us, and this happens in the church. We grumble. They've not greeted me. They don't love visitors because I'm not a wife, because I'm not... It doesn't work like that. Whether they don't greet you, he knows you. He's with you. He's for you. He has a plan for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So, surely, it used to bother me a lot when I was a little kid in the things of God. I am still a child in things of God, but a little bit mature than I was then. It used to bother me. And many of us are bothered by that. They've not called me. I heard they called so and so. Why don't they call me? What have I done? I've been in church for ages. It doesn't work like that. As long as you know that Jesus knows you, Jesus is with you, you will you mature up and know they've not called you because they think you are better off than the other one. No, no, I've been watching you because you're seeing the, been watching what you're doing. Eh? She's been teaching her kids what to do. And you know, when you have a, a child who is a little bit older, you become a little, you concentrate on the younger one. Because, you know, these ones have reached somewhere. And that's what happens in the spiritual world, in the church. That's what happens. Last but not least, Many times we forget the prophecies that have been given to us over the years. We forget. Forget the pro prophecies we received over the years. Forget what the prayers our parents made when we were being born or even before we were conceived. All my children have heard a word from the Lord before they were born. Actually, to marry the wife I married was when she told me the name of the child she would have. Because that was the name I had. And when I got that name I knew, I asked her, she did not know. Yes, if you, if you get a husband and get married, and what sex would you like to have as your firstborn? And she said, Joshua. I said, this is God. Because that's the name I had. And we forget what 
God spoke over our children. What God spoke over our lives. We forget about that. Mary and Joseph forgot that they were only caretakers to Jesus. Jesus was not really from them. Mary was just a conduit for Jesus to come into this world with flesh and blood, but Jesus was the Messiah, even at a younger age. Because the Bible says he did not sin. Even though he was in the body, he did not sin. There was no day they reported Jesus misbehaved. No. You know at the age of 12 how children begin. Eh? That's the time they are beginning to change. Jesus did not change. Instead, he went deep in the things of the Father. And uh, that's what happens to us as well. We forget the promises of God of our lives. We forget the prophecies of God that has come to your life over the years, and we forget that. How I pray that all that God spoke to us over the years, we can call it back. And to call it back is to go somewhere where there is no much noise and say, Lord, I open my heart I open my mind, please revive all this that was spoken over my life. And after that, things will be different. I want to stop here. I want us to pray. And if you feel this is your message, because I had not planned this message, I got this message while I was uh, at uh, Richard and Debbie's place, I had another message. But it's similar, similar. But this one, that's how I got it. If you feel you are that person, you can stand where you are. And we pray together with you. If you feel that possibly you are off and you think you are in and you think he's in, and is out, can come back again. Because surely you have a lot to do. This is over, what next? I want to just be proud of the building and tell people we have a fantastic building. We have very good ushers. We have people who, give, who serve well in the coffee shop, come and see. They are really angels. And when they come, they see they are like others. Something new has to happen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that uh, I've delivered the word you've given me to, to these people. Lord, I know there is a divine reason as to why and I pray for them. I pray for everybody here this afternoon. I pray that your hand may rest upon each one of us, that those dead prophecies will resurrect again, those dead hopes will be brought back. The Lord, oh God, will cease to do things the way we want, 
and begin to do things the way you want. The Lord, oh God, we will not follow routine as it is, but Father, even though, even then, we listen to you and do things your way. So Holy Spirit of God, I invite you in this place that everybody that is here will never remain the same, not because I've spoken, but because you have spoken to us. I want to thank you and want to bless you. I want to give you glory, Lord. I want to give you honor, Father. I say, have your way in our lives. Lead us, Lord, because we need you. If we are to become a people of influence in this city, we will need your leadership. We will need to hear from you. We will need you to come and spur us up. And we do things possibly that may be stupid to the natural mind, but things that are building the kingdom of heaven. I thank you and I bless you, Lord. I give you glory and I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the Lord bless you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. As I say, it's a joy to always be with you. And I think we become one in the Lord. Yeah. We still have the problem of this skin. Maybe somebody will help us to work on the skin. But the hearts have, yeah. The Lord bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lovely. Well, that's our time coming to an end now, everyone. But can I just mention just a few things really quickly, if that's right. If you want to learn more about Emmanuel's story, then he actually has written a book, uh, Unfamiliar Path by Emmanuel Ricciaba. They're at the back on the table. You can pay in cash for them or you can pay, pay by card. All the money goes to church planting and the apostolic work that Emmanuel is doing there. So he keeps none for himself. It all goes to the work that the Lord's calling him there to do. So they're just at the back on that table. Will you look after the money? Um, yeah. yeah, Josephine, 10 pounds, 10 pounds there. Um, uh, and then, yeah, just to say as well, uh, just Jim reminded me, uh, we actually received a prophecy from our own Jeff Steady uh, uh, really quickly. It was a picture of uh, Mount Kilimanjaro with fire uh, coming out from it. But there was a real weight to it that he's carried and that weightiness has kind of been uh, shared with us as well. We feel it too. And there's just a growing sense that anyone who is of some form of, of an African heritage, whether you've found yourself in our church unintentionally, but as Emmanuel said, God's got a plan for us all, so you never know, or you've come here specifically because you do want to see God move in our nation as well. Uh, can I just really encourage you to think about that, pray about that. I'm sure Emmanuel won't be whisked off immediately. If you want to speak to Emmanuel at the end about that. But yeah, let's really pray into that. Let's lean into what the Lord wants to do through those of you who are of an African heritage in our ranks, in our midst, and what the Lord wants to do. Uh, and then just two more things to say, sorry. Again, not to miss out on what the Lord may have been saying to us during our worship. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to be seeing the stuff that Emmanuel has been talking to us about or that we long for here, then receive prayer. Ask myself, ask Emmanuel, ask someone you know, love and trust uh, and receive something afresh of the Holy Spirit. So we'll just end there. We'll see you guys next Sunday, 10.30 for refreshments in the lounge, tea and coffee. We can mingle with each other before our gathering starts. 
Uh, but that's it. Thanks, guys, and have a good rest of the week. Amen. <laughs>